Good morning. So faith in real time. This is one of my favorite series that we have done so far this year. And um, I love it so much because it is what we are all about, right? It digs into what it means to live out our faith, to be Christians. It talks about what our lives can look like each and every day. Because, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Whether you are here in person or online, you have tuned in today because you want to learn more, to grow more, to see Jesus reflected in you more and more each day. So we are um, talking about being conformed to the image of Christ. And last week, Pastor Rick mentioned that we are not to live our lives in isolation, but instead we are drawn into community. And in that community, we are to be clothed, right? So he talked about the fact that we need to be clothed and that we are to clothe ourselves with attributes, with characteristics that are Christ-like. So we, the way we wear compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, these are the ways that we are supposed to be living out our lives together. And he described it as trying on clothes and then asking, how do I look, right? We're figuring it out we're figuring out how we wear, how we clothe ourselves in all of these different attributes. And as we figure it out, we rely on the Holy Spirit and what it is doing in us. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit continues to lead and grow us is by placing us in communities that offer grace. Because here's the thing. We're going to mess up. I mean, I know I do, frequently. And so I don't think it's a mistake that immediately following Colossians 3.12, which is what Rick shared with you last week, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Immediately following that comes Colossians 3.13, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. The NIV version translates it this way. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, Paul knew this was a process. He knew that loving Jesus meant that we were forgiven and not perfect. And a bunch of imperfect people living in community together need grace. And so while we continue on our faith journey and we continue to try on the spiritual clothes that Paul talked about, while we continue that, we continue to do it in a community that offers forgiveness. When our kindness doesn't fit quite right, or our compassion has fallen to the fitting room floor, we need the grace 
that a community of believers can offer each other. So as we offer each other grace, we continue to learn and grow. I just got back from vacation, and on this vacation, we were fortunate enough to cruise with a group called AOTS. It stands for Autism on the Seas. This group was founded a number of years ago, and they began in conjunction exclusively with Royal Caribbean and have since branched out to a wide variety of um, cruise industry ships and, and companies. It's a fantastic organization that offers families, not just of, with children with autism, but with any kind of developmental disability, to come and enjoy and relax. They have a staff of trained, most of them are special education teachers, who come and offer their services so that the parents can have times of respite, the kids can have focused times that are just there, say on the splash pads or doing the water um, slides, things like that. It is a really awesome community and a really neat thing to watch and be a part of. While we were sitting on the side of the pool one day, which is where I spent a lot of my time, we had um, a young man named Nick come over. And Nick asked me, you know, what is your name? And I said, my name is Heather. And he went down the line asking each individual their name and remembering it. And so I asked him, I said, what is your name? And he continued on reminding me of everyone else's name. And his mom gently touched his arm and said, Nick, what's your name? And he said, oh, I'm Nick. And I thought, this, this is it. In this situation, mom was teaching Nick, but we were all participating. This was such a beautiful example of God's community. The way that we come together, interact, love each other, each one of us is going to make a mistake. We're going to forget to listen. We're going to become focused on our wants, our needs, our agenda. And we gently need someone to put their hand on our arm and remind us to stop and listen. Listen to those around us. Listen to the Holy Spirit. In fact, when I look at verse 13, it really, for me, breaks into two parts. The first part, the bear with each other. The second part, forgive one another. And if we are completely honest, <laughs> neither are particularly easy. First, bearing with each other. Well, I mean, this screams of the need to be clothed well, right? I mean, if we are going to be bearing with each other, we need patience. We need kindness. And we definitely need compassion. To bear with someone truly, to walk beside them, requires a heart that is ready to look beyond the wound, the actions and see the wounds that motivate them. A heart that is ready to look below the surface and walk beside the person. 
In Galatians, Paul also says to bear one another's burdens. We're called to be making allowances for each other, but not just making allowances or bearing with, but a step further. We're called to walk beside throughout our lives to walk beside each other, to time and again show up for each other, even when it's hard. And I think that this is really a beautiful thing. And honestly, it was and it still is kind of a revolutionary concept. It's almost anti-religion. Hang in there with me for a second. But both Judaism at the time and perhaps even some of our own inclinations in the present will often act in the opposite manner. Rather than allowing space and understanding when others sin, the church's response often has been a history of condemning. One of our own hopers, Gwen Kant, recently posted a blog. The name of that blog, um, or the title of this particular blog, was Who Sinned? It's fantastic. I highly recommend you find it and read through the whole post. I won't do it justice. Um, you can find it on Facebook. If you can't find it, email me. I'll get it to you. Um, but it was a great reflection on the story of Jesus healing the blind man. So Jesus and the disciples are walking along, and Jesus sees the blind man. Not the disciples, but Jesus. And when he points the man out to them, their first question to him was, who sinned, him or his parents? Not, can we help him? Not, is he hungry? Not, what's your name? Who sinned? Where does the blame lie? Now, Jesus' response was neither. Neither sinned. Instead, I will use this for God's glory. But it is much easier to identify that sin, isn't it? It is much easier to point the finger, identify and eliminate the sin or the sinner, either will do. But the alternative is much more difficult. Bearing with each other, making allowances for the fact that we are all sinners. And while we do rightly strive to eliminate sin from our lives, we won't entirely this side of heaven. So the choice becomes isolate and eliminate or figure out how to bear with one another, walking beside one another through the process of becoming conformed to the image of Christ. Making allowances for or bearing with each other is not about making excuses. It is about focusing on what we can control. 
our own relationship with Jesus, our own calling to love each other, to bear with each other on this journey. Now, with each person in our lives, that might look a little bit different because we have different roles with everyone in our lives. In some cases, it might be that we need to have a little extra patience. You know, that patience that only comes from the Holy Spirit because there are those individuals who just, well, we refer to them as EGRs, extra grace required. They just have a way of pushing your buttons. They don't mean to, but they do. These are the people that you just have to pray a little extra hard before and during the time you spend with them. For years, I've taught a class called Difficult Personalities, and we developed this class primarily for small group leaders um, because, you know, when you're leading a small group, inevitably there are difficult personalities. And so we talk about things like the, the clown, the teacher, the gladiator, you know, the person who distracts by humor as soon as a moment gets serious, or the individual who knows everything about everything and wants to tell everybody everything about everything. Or the gladiator is that personality who just always plays the devil's advocate. They've got to push the other side, even if they don't care. They just need to. But in developing this course and in teaching this course, one of the things that I very quickly learned is that we are all someone else's EGR. I know it hurts, trust me. But it's true. It's the reality. It's also the reason that we need to forgive. Because just like we're pushing somebody else's buttons and we need forgiveness, so do they. We have to be willing to offer it back and forth to each other. And more importantly, we have all been offered forgiveness. In fact, Paul reminds us of that in the very next sentence. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The Lord has forgiven me. The Lord has forgiven you. And because each of us is in the process of transformation because we are clothing ourselves and not yet perfectly dressed, we will offend each other. We will hurt each other and we will mess up repeatedly. The question isn't if, but when. And then, what? What do we do about it? What do we do when we have offended someone? What do we do when we are the victim of someone else's mess up? I mean, this is where it gets messy, right? I mean, forgiveness is not exactly something that the world models well for us. When we error, the world tells us to quickly cover it up so no one sees. 
Make sure you hide it well. Never admit fault. And yet, there is freedom and strength that comes when we own our mistakes. There is an opportunity for a depth in relationships. There is an opportunity for growth as individuals when we are willing, when we are willing to admit our mistakes and ask forgiveness. In real life, there are all sorts of questions that get raised about how we forgive. Questions like, how many times do I forgive someone? What is unforgivable? Do we only forgive when they ask us for forgiveness? Does forgiveness mean pardon? Now, I can give you very straightforward Bible answers to these questions. Yes, we are called to forgive 70 times 7, according to Scripture. And now that's not a literally 490 times. These are numbers that represent completion, infinity. We are called to forgive until it is complete. We are called to forgive again and again. Do we have to wait to be asked? Well, Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. Before we knew to ask for forgiveness, he paid the ultimate price. And while he hung on the cross, he begged forgiveness. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So no, we're not to wait until someone asks us for forgiveness. In fact, they may never ask us for forgiveness. Is forgiveness the same as pardon? Yes and no. So understand, when Jesus forgives our sins, our sins are wiped clean. We can stand before God and enter the gates of eternity. So in that sense, yes, we are pardoned of our sins. But while we are still on the earth, while we are fully forgiven, we also are allowed to walk through the consequences of our sin. So when you forgive, it does not absolve someone of responsibility, nor does it absolve them of consequences. If your child breaks curfew, you're going to forgive them. You love them. You're also going to ground them, right? They are fully forgiven and yet still walk through the earthly consequences of their actions in hopes they will learn and grow from that. It's the same with us. Someone steals, cheats, lies, kills. They can be truly forgiven, but the earthly consequences don't disappear. So here on earth, forgiveness and pardon can look differently. But through Jesus, 
He handles the eternal pardon. Likewise, forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. They are not synonyms. Ideally, yes, when both people are actively looking to reconcile, when both are willing to admit their responsibility in a situation, lean on each other and work forward together, then it's possible and beautiful. But sometimes we have to offer forgiveness with boundaries right along with it. Because we are in a broken world. And we are going to be hurt. And some people aren't interested in changing behavior. So I want to encourage you, I'm not going to talk much more about boundaries right now. That could be an entire another series in and of itself. But if you are in a relationship and you have questions about what healthy boundaries might look like, please feel free to reach out to any of the staff here at Hope. We would love to talk to you about that. Because forgiveness does not mean that you continue to allow bad behavior to occur against you. Every situation is unique. We recognize that. God understands that. That final question. Is there anything unforgivable? According to scripture, the only thing unforgivable is the complete rejection and denial of who Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are. Aside from that, there is nothing that is unforgivable. That's hard. The humanness of me cries out against that at times. It doesn't sit right. And yet I know that what that means is it is impossible without the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I know how to do it perfectly. I don't. I had shared this story within the prayer email a few weeks ago, and I think it bears repeating. I had a conversation with a young woman recently who is currently dealing with what will most likely be a lifelong after effects of abuse. She had gone to a pastor, not here, and shared this with them, poured out her heart, expressed the struggles that she is still facing as a result of the abuse she endured as a child. And the response that she got was, well, this is on you now. You just have to forgive them. She walked away utterly defeated. Utterly defeated. Yes, I do believe ultimately Lord will allow her some kind of forgiveness. 
but that is an end result of a journey we take with the Holy Spirit. Fortunately, she had a really great counselor, you know, when she was retelling this situation too, and the counselor looked at her and said, sweetie, when something seems too big to ever forgive, we start with the small stuff. We start forgiving the small things. We practice with the people in our lives right here and now. And the more we walk in our relationship with Jesus, the bigger those small things become. He will lead us every step of the way. For some of you, you may feel like you are facing the unforgivable. And I just want to encourage you, just keep moving. Keep seeking the Holy Spirit. Keep seeking Jesus. He will take care of the rest. Just keep moving. Most of us, we aren't facing this big of a challenge on a daily basis. We're facing EGRs. We're facing difficult in-laws, challenging children, selfish friends, challenges which require us to choose forgiveness. And I think what I have found most helpful is remembering that Jesus first forgave me. I can tell you ultimately it's only going to benefit us. We will feel better, live more freely, more fully. All of that is true. But sometimes it just starts with obedience. The band is going to come up to uh, play one more song with us. And as they do, I want to remind you, we forgive because Jesus has asked us to. We forgive because our God is an amazing God. We forgive because our sin was bought and paid for. We forgive because God offered forgiveness to them. And how can we do, how can we withhold it? Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness is an offering. Forgiveness is a blessing. Forgiveness is who Christ followers are at their core.